Welcome to A Garden in Crisis, a podcast about the role that gardening can have in helping us get through difficult times. There's a term that people are beginning to use. They call it crisis gardening. A crisis garden is like a victory garden, but without the association with wartime. It's a garden that's made and maintained in order to help people cope with challenging situations. At the time of the release of this podcast, the word crisis automatically brings to mind the COVID-19 pandemic. Certainly, we'll talk about gardening in the time of coronavirus, but there are many sorts of crisis that motivate people to get out and cultivate a piece of land. This podcast project began over the winter, under the name The Climate Garden, with the intention of exploring how people are using their gardens to respond to the global climate crisis. That subject remains close to the heart of this podcast, though the scope of the conversation has broadened in response to the social upheaval provoked by the spread of coronavirus. The word crisis refers to a special kind of circumstance in which a problem has grown to the point that it will soon force decisive action. At the core of the concept of a crisis is that it threatens the status quo, requiring significant change. The global crises of COVID-19 and climate change are catalyzing unprecedented numbers of people to plant new gardens. Gardens can also help people to deal with crisis on a more personal scale, though, when our individual troubles threaten to get the better of us. When times get tough, it's time to grow. John Harrison is dealing with the uncertainty of the COVID-19 crisis by getting out of his home in the south of England to work on his allotment every day. I'm in um, the south of England, in Hampshire. Um, we're in um, we're in a bit of a lockdown, as a lot of places are. I don't know what your restrictions are, but but ours are basically to only leave the house to buy food essentials. We can have one form of exercise, and luckily we're allowed to use the allotment for that. So I can go to my allotment, carry on growing stuff. And also you can leave to look after a vulnerable person, which I also do anyway. So I'm lucky that I've got somewhere to go, obviously. The only thing I've got to say is this climate we're in with coronavirus. It's the one thing of all the things I've ever gone through. It's the one thing that does affect me even there because the rules are affecting. And and I'm sure like people in America, I'm good at getting away from this, but you can't get away from this coronavirus because everything you're going to do or was going to do, there's a slight issue with being able to do it because of that, you know, I understand the lockdown and I don't disagree with it, but it affects everything. An allotment is a particularly British sort of gardening. John explains, it's a plot of land in a communal area that's designated specifically for gardens. Well, basically, um, the, the allotments, uh, you can get private ones, but mine's not a private one. Mine's run by the council. And basically, they, they allocate certain areas to cultivate. 
and then you can go on a waiting list and you can, and you can join up. And then when you get your allotment, and they're all different sizes, so for big beginners or, or people experienced, but uh, when you get the allotment, you get, you get your rules uh, that you obviously have to sign up to. John works his allotment not just to grow vegetables, but also to cultivate a positive attitude. It gives him healthy food, but more than that, a socially acceptable reason to get outside during a time of global quarantine instead of remaining stuck at home. You know, we've got to, we've got to, got to help each other. We've got to care for each other. What happens to your neighbor does affect you. So do something positive for your neighbor. Obviously, you know, not getting close to them or whatever, but, you know, you can do something positive and it makes a massive difference to you yourself. And you can go out there and you can grow. You know, there are so many things that you can do. So let's not just focus on the things that we can't do and the worrying things that happen. You've got to get your head down and and do something positive. As the COVID-19 virus continues to threaten public health, John's garden allotment is a public space in which he can maintain social distance while contributing to the public welfare growing his own food to relieve pressure on the crippled grocery store supply chain in his area. John's experience shows how gardening can provide multiple benefits simultaneously. Every time he visits his allotment, he's increasing his physical health with exercise and nutritious food, sustaining his mental health by getting out of the house, and reducing the risk of food shortages in his community. We'll untangle these distinct benefits of gardening in the weeks to come. The thing about growing a garden, though, is that it doesn't require a detailed, well-engineered plan for obtaining these benefits. The multiple benefits of gardening seem to naturally emerge from the activity. The point isn't to have it all figured out ahead of time. Not to be perfect, but to begin. Eileen Friedman, who along with her husband runs the House in the Woods organic CSA farm outside of Frederick, Maryland, talks about the beauty of being immersed in the regenerative experience of gardening. I came at this from as a farmer feeding other people but I have a master's degree in environmental psychology. So for me, it's that personal connection with getting your hands in the, in the dirt and it is good for your soul. But also growing your own food is very empowering in the best of times. In any year, any year growing your own food feels really good. And just especially now, you know, in a time like this, it feels more essential than ever. But every year, it's a wonderful, feel-good, important thing to do. It just really becomes, the urgency is right in front of you in a time like this. I'm definitely hearing a buzz from first-time gardeners, as well as first-time CSA members who maybe always wanted to do it and then... Um, finally said that, you know, now, now I really have to. Eileen hits upon the idea that 
inherent in crisis is the opportunity for us to make changes in our lives. A wave of first-time gardeners is becoming engaged in her community-supported agriculture programs, even during the coronavirus shutdowns, as the unexpected pause gives them time they never had before to re-engage, literally, with their home turf. Of course, not everyone has ground to dig in where they live. John Harrison is lucky that his community in England offers allotments, but here in America, community garden opportunities are much less common. How can city dwellers who are trapped at home in quarantine access the benefits of gardening in a time of crisis? Jess Walton, food campaigns manager at Green America, suggests connecting with nature through a container garden. When we talk about gardening, we talk about two different types of climate solutions and one for a gardener where I am, for example, or a, a person who might have an actual plot or land to work with is protecting soils because that's where we're going to sequester carbon. But we also talk about minimizing inputs and the climate impacts that are sort of beyond the boundaries of our garden. So this is where it is applicable to folks in urban areas. So I like to tell people you can grow if you have a window that has sun coming through it. You can grow food if you have a patio or a balcony or a porch or any any of those things. And even if you don't have a sunny window, you can get indoor grow lights or, you know, there's so many options for people. Um, and we're just trying to encourage that, you know, if you're growing in a container garden, you might not be able to um, exercise as many of the soil sequestration benefits, but you can make decisions that are still really climate positive. Like you can choose not to buy synthetic pesticides and herbicides and fertilizers because if you think about it, then you're offsetting all of the emissions that are associated with the mining and the production from factories and from transporting those materials to the store, for example, before they even get to your home. So you can still connect with nature through, even if it's just a tiny little potted plant on your windowsill, it's you're still cultivating, you're still facilitating the life and gaining the benefits from it as well. It's just that it, it might look a little different. And I think for folks that are accustomed to urban life, they might even be more comfortable with starting in a way that is small and um, fits within their existing you know, experience in an apartment building, for example. In a world that is increasingly dominated by machinery and electronics, it can be challenging to find a space for living things to grow. This challenge makes it all the more powerful, however, when we can add even just a little bit of green to our streets of concrete and brick, glass and steel. At Green America, Jess is helping people to come together in a kind of virtual community garden with an online map where they can register their garden projects, big and small, as part of the organization's Climate Victory Garden program. So the map right now, we have around 2,500 gardeners that are registered on there, and it's, it's free to register. We're just asking people to essentially um, commit to practices that are climate positive and that are parts of the climate solution. We have around 10 practices on our website that essentially are all about protecting soils and being climate positive. So 
folks don't have to commit to all of them, but what we do is we say commit to what you can and then try to do more in the future. And then what folks can do is they can look at this map and they can see essentially, they might see, hey, there's two other climate victory gardeners in my city. And then, you know, if they would like, we can connect them and they can kind of share resources and ideas. Or they might say, hey, there's no climate victory gardeners in my state. I should be the first one. Or, you know, there's, there's just so much potential with this visual, I think, movement mapping. And that just gives people, I think, a sense of being part of something that's larger than themselves and um, seeing that they are not alone in this world, essentially, but also in these efforts to garden in a way that's good for the planet. And when we get all these folks together, some of the gardeners might be only growing on a few square feet, whereas others might be managing food forests where they have huge amounts of square footage. And all those people to together, you know, they all matter in the movement and they all are contributing to the carbon sequestration. So we've even, we just recently uh, did some number crunching and with our current gardeners, we're saying over the next 10 years, the current gardeners have the potential to offset around the equivalent of 70,000 cars taken off the road. So, so over the course of the next 10 years, our current climate victory gardeners um, have the potential to offset as much um, emissions th that come from 70,000 vehicles for a year. The isolation that we're experiencing under the coronavirus pandemic can be disorienting. But the projects that Jess is working on offer people a chance to come together online across the social distance. Over the next several weeks, as we move toward an uncertain summer, this podcast will hear more from Jess, John, Eileen, and other gardeners who are responding to these anxious times by making a bit of room for life to grow. Well, life can be full of struggle. The troubles of the world can seem too immense for us, to deal with. Yet each one of us has the power to turn our attention away from the larger world for a little while, to pay attention to where we are, and bringing together a bit of earth, a little water, and a patch of sunlight make way for something green. Thank you for listening to A Garden in Crisis. This podcast continues next week. You can find a transcript of this episode and other episodes as they come at agardeningcrisis.com. The music at the opening and closing of each episode is by Jason Shaw from the album Audionautics.